The RTE Running Podcast with Brian O'Connell. Hello and welcome back to The Running Podcast with me, Brian O'Connell. Hope you're all well. Sitting here on the couch recording this, it's Monday night. Actually got through a pretty decent mileage last week. I think it was my third week of 50 miles. Culminated in a 16 mile run yesterday. About five of us headed out at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. Started in Black Rock Village, headed into Cork City Centre. Uh, out towards the Silver Springs Hotel, double back and then headed back out towards Passage and back. I think what we're trying to do with some of these longer runs now is to run them a little bit slower. So maybe the race pace, if your race pace is 7.30, probably trying to run at about 8 minutes a mile. So it should be a little bit easier. But the hardest run I found was today, Monday. When you know your legs are tired and you got to go out and run, with I think, 8 miles this evening. I nearly stopped at 7. <laughs> I think that's where it helps being in a group because you know all the others have done the 8 miles today. And I know you should listen to your body and if you feel really tired, you should sort of play by ear. But... um probably a bit too competitive for that nine weeks to go just less than nine weeks to go there you go and i hope to um record a little bit with my marathon group in the next week or two because there's a really good fascinating mix of people and lots of different reasons why people are running a marathon in my experience from talking to people you do get to talk to people a lot when you're running alongside each other for a couple of hours most people are not running to lose weight or to stay fit um they're running for other reasons they're running because they've got a stressful job they're looking for social connection it's it's good for their heads so there are lots of reasons why people run so we hope to have that over the next few weeks i'll drop in another group thanks for all your comments all your messages people getting in touch with me on instagram and on twitter if there's anything in particular you want us to cover over the next six or so weeks or seven weeks of the podcast series please do drop me a line it's brian.o'connell at rt.ie as i said you can get me on instagram or get me on twitter this week we have a treat and we're going to be joined by an irish olympian she's a european cross-country champion she is a winner of london berlin and amsterdam marathons and she's the current irish marathon record holder it is of course none other than the great katrina mckiernan I mean, her stats are incredible. Ran sub 15 minute 5K, 67 minute half marathon. And of course, her marathon record of 2.22 still hasn't been beaten. Phenomenal time. And it's held for quarter of a century. And after, I think people will know, people in the running community will know after Katrina retired from running. She's given so much of her time to coaching. She's an expert in the mechanics of injury-free running. Uh, her website, runwithkatrina.ie. She runs a lot of her programs from there. And I think we got a lot in. We chatted for about 17 or 18 minutes. Talked about her early days, which I found fascinating. Really unstructured running until the end of secondary school. We talked, obviously, about marathon training advice. Talked about how she felt when she was winning. Because I was looking back at some footage of hers on youtube particularly the 1998 london marathon which she won it's really worth having a look at that on youtube and look at the last mile or two look at her face look at her form incredible to watch her 
and we also talked about whether or not you can change your running style as you get a bit older for if you've just started running in your 30s or 40s or 50s is it a good idea to try and change how you run basically i over the years have heard a couple of different thoughts on this <laughs> it wouldn't be uh running if it wasn't hotly debated so i was curious to get katrina's take on it and so that's this week um next week a couple of you got in touch and you were asking me about nutrition and about if you're training two three four days five days a week at the moment what should you be eating how should you be fueling um so next week we're going to have a dietitian go through some of the basics and talk a little bit about about how important fueling is and how to structure your your food plan so that's coming up next week so as i said this week delighted to bring you a conversation i had over the weekend with the legendary katrina mckiernan the rte running podcast available on the rte radio player or wherever you get your podcasts so what was it about running katrina that that you connected with yeah, I just ran from a very young age with no intention to run in races or win races or be competitive or anything like that. I ran around the fields on the on the family farm just for, you know, the sheer joy and feeling of well-being and confidence that it gave me. And my last year at secondary school, there was an athletic club set up. Before that, I just played camogie and, as I said, just kept fit from running and cycling and um, then I joined the athletic club in the school and I won the All-Ireland Schools Cross-Country Championships and then I realised I had a talent for it and I got a coach and Joe Doonan coached me all during my career and you know then I had more structure and and, and, and a plan and had focuses and uh, it all just started from there. And that race you won, that was the first competitive race you entered essentially, was it? Uh, yes, yeah, as far as I know there might have been some sports days or something like yeah. that but uh Really, it was the first, yeah, and, and as I said, then I got a little bit more serious about it. I, I was just coaching myself as such, or just running myself uh, in the lead up to that race. And um, yeah, it took off from there. Not a bad way to start. You set the bar fairly high. <laughs> I was a natural at running yeah. it. It felt easy for me. I loved everything about running. I loved the commit. I didn't feel that it was a commitment. I didn't feel that I was putting my life on hold. Uh, I just loved training hard I love the competition and you know I thrive from it running as you get older Katrina it would seem to me I mean there's a fellow in our club who's hitting 60 he just broke 20 minutes for the 5k he's hitting all sorts of targets now he he came to running later in life so is it fair to say you can still improve into your 50s 60s um, if you haven't got that much running in the legs if you like yeah, I suppose like it's it, it varies with people. And the important thing, Brian, is we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people either and just do the best that we can do. You know, some people start running later in life and therefore they don't have all the mileage in the body and they get more out of themselves then as a result. But even, you know, regardless of what age you're at, you have to be smart in your training and do what you can do and do it to the best of your ability and as we get older as well we need to um, concentrate a little bit more on strength training and and less mileage and I think if you do that you're going to get more longevity. And that obviously presents muscle wastage doesn't it? Yeah of course like as we get older the the muscles 
uh, atrophy and uh, we have to get into the gym and, and do some exercises and keep some muscle on the bone and eat more protein as well as we get older. Just take care of ourselves in general and keep keep stress out of our lives as well. That can also help big time. Easier said than done. Um <laughs> <laughs> the mental approach to it, Katrina, in terms of the coping techniques you had when when the going got really tough, had you an inner mantra? Had you had you a sort of an inner dialogue that that you said to yourself? I know a lot of people get nervous before races, before competition. And the important thing is not to let the negative thoughts come in, because that's when the when the mind takes over then the mind is, mind is in control. And if we're thinking negative thoughts, then we're not going to get the most out of ourselves. So catching those negative thoughts in the early stages and reversing them and, and changing them with, with positive thoughts, like stuff that goes through our mind is, oh, what am I doing? I'm not feeling good today. I didn't prepare well for this. You know, all of those thoughts. And when you think those sort of thoughts, the only way is is down like so you need to reverse them straight away and 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 think positively and and be glad to be able to do it and you know during the races when I was competing I hated to lose Brian that was that was my my thing that was my real driving force and I would in the last kilometer of a race or if it was a longer race in the last few miles I would think of the people at home I would think of my family I would think of my coach and the commitment he put in and the work I put in myself and those sort of things uh, drove me to the finish line but I suppose most of all what drove me to the finish line was that fear of failing that fear of not not doing my best and as I said I didn't like that feeling of of not not winning or not getting on the podium or not doing my best. So I did everything in my power and pushed my body to the limits so that I wouldn't have to have to tolerate that feeling of, of defeat. I watched some archive YouTube footage of you at the 1998 London Marathon and I watched the last mile or so, which is what the highlights were. And it was extraordinary looking at the foot. Can you remember what was going through your head then? Obviously, you were you were in the lead. Liz McCulligan, I think, was behind you in second but you looked really focused in the zone. You must have been hurting, yeah. but I couldn't really see that in your face. Yeah, it's a funny thing, Brian, and it's hard to explain. And that's the lovely thing about running, because you just get into that quiet place and there's nothing else, only you and the ground underneath you. And you're not thinking of anything else. And, you know, I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm not just going away from the question and I'll answer it now in a minute, but people love to run. And if you dig deep with them, the reason why they do is because they just get into that quiet place. And I suppose we call it the zone or you're just in the moment, you're just in the present. And um, I suppose with that race in, in London and in a lot of the races, that's the way I got. I just got into the zone and there was nothing else. And you don't even really feel the discomfort. Um, it's just, you know, it's just tunnel vision and you just one leg you're lifting your legs up and you're just just driving to the finish line and you know I don't I can't recall very many races to be honest I just you know I just got into that state of mind that I'm I'm pushing the body as 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 much as I can and again these were strategies these were things that I would have taught in my mind or that would have that I would have practiced in in training and then it just was it was natural. It just was subconscious. Like it was like driving a car. You were doing it without realizing that you were doing it. 
just going back to that race, the commentator kept talking about how faster your second half was than the first half of your race. And obviously you were an elite professional athlete, but I'm wondering for for the regular marathoner, if that's the right phrase, like are there strategies in terms of how you should approach a marathon? Should you try and do the first half the same as the second half? Should you try and build into it? Should you be trying to finish as strong as you can for the last 10K? Like what, what would your kind of general advice be? You know, you have to take the marathon and, you know, you have to respect it. And I would say to people, start off easy. You know, if you start off too fast, faster than you're fitter for, faster than you've trained for, it's going to, you're going to suffer in the second half of the race. So I always feel that it's 26 miles, it's 42 kilometers. You're always going to make up the ground, even if you start off slow. And it's much, much better to, ease yourself into it and then feel stronger then in the second half. And from your training, everybody should know, regardless of what, what time they're going to run, they should have a fair idea of what pace they should be running at, what pace they should be running every mile at, what pace they should be running the first half at. Um, you can't go into a marathon blind like that. You need to have a fair idea from your training what you're capable of doing. Is someone looking at 15, 30 seconds per minute slower for the first mile or two, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. And as I said, you're going to you're going to make up that ground. But if you go the other way, if you go 10 or 15 or 20 seconds too fast in the first half. You know, you're going to go backwards in the in the second. But again, Brian, what I would be saying, it's easy for me to say that. And it's easy for me to show out figures. Everybody needs to have a have a fair idea of okay I'm going to reach the first half split in such a time so that I'm going to be able to maintain that and get a little bit faster for the second half and that comes with training and it's it it is a great psychological feeling for those last few miles feeling strong isn't it or a feeling at least like you can hold your pace yeah and and that's why we say that a lot yeah Sorry. And that's why we talk about people hitting the wall. And that's the reason why they hit the wall is because they go out too fast in the first half of the race for their level of fitness. And as you said, Brian, it's it's that it's that lovely feeling for in the last five miles, 10K or so that, you know, you're feeling strong, that you know you're going to be able to maintain that fit, that pace. And by getting your your pace right in the marathon that's that's the key so that you can finish it finish it stronger in the second half but you need to be sensible and hold yourself back and realize that it's 42 kilometers and that you're going to have lots of time to make up that ground if you do go out too slow in the first half but more often than not people don't do that and when I ran London you know Liz McColgan had run many marathons and I regarded her as you know, I in, in high esteem. And my plan was, okay, I'm going to stick with her as, as, for as long as I can. And then what happened in the race, two girls broke away. And then at halfway, we were told that there were 93 seconds or something ahead of us. And in fairness to Liz, she said to me, you should go on if you can. So I had to reel them back in. So the first half of the race was was much slower than the second half. But the fact that I had run slow in the first half gave me the the energy to be able to maintain it for the second half. Does that mean then you had ran quite a bit at your race pace of your long runs, perhaps? Uh, not my long runs. My long runs were just time on my feet because the reason for that for me was because I had done a lot of 
other quality work during the week. So I would have done some running at at race pace and a lot above race pace as well. And then obviously the long run was below race pace. See, if I've got five long runs for the next five weekends, in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to do a portion of those at the marathon pace so that it won't be alien to me. Yeah. And what are you doing uh, during the week, Brian? Track session on a Tuesday night. And in all so my that's, other that's above all, race pace. Above race pace. And in all my other runs are easy. Of course, there's many ways to do it and there's many, many different schedules. And and I know lots of people whereby they and that's correct, whereby they do some of their long run at marathon pace to get the feel of it. The reason why I didn't do that, Brian, was and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but the reason why I didn't do it was because I was doing enough quality work during the week. So you know, my long run was just time and time on my feet. Okay. You were probably doing a lot of overall mileage per week anyway, were you? 110. Is that all? <laughs> Miles, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, there's many ways to do it. And people, of course, there, there is like, it's like everything in life. Um, do what you feel comfortable with. Have, have faith in what you're doing. Be confident in what you're doing. And that in itself is going to get you to the finish line. If we just talk about running form and running style, Katrina, I was running in a group at the weekend and one of the lads had done one of your workshops and one of your courses and he had said it had changed the way he runs so he didn't he was saying it was better not to see his feet and he had kept his chest out and he was trying to stay as tall I don't know hopefully that's yeah yeah yeah, All yeah okay right, he was right? listening he was listening he had yeah. he had stayed tall on the road and I thought that was quite interesting now and and I'd kind of hear one school of thought which would say look just run with what you have don't try and change your style in your 30s or 40s what do you, where do you fall down on that? Well, you're not ra- asking the right person, Brian, when you're asking that question. <laughs> but, uh, of course, I would be an advocate of making running easy on yourself so there's less impact on your body. And anything that you can do to do that, I would uh, I would be preaching that. So, again, just I suppose for listeners, a few little tips would be, yeah, to keep your spine nice and straight when you're running, not to, you know, not to be slouching. And... As your friend said, keep your feet landing underneath your body. Try not to be reaching forward out in front of you. Pick a point ahead of you from your sternum and imagine that there's a bungee cord pulling you forward so that you're falling into your running. The upper body's leading the way rather than reaching forward with your feet. That takes a lot of pressure off the legs. And Brian, keeping everything nice and nice and relaxed. If you're holding tension, you're restricting the oxygen supply to the muscles and you become sore and tired and achy. So scanning the body while you run, sense and feel where you're holding the tension and practicing to let go of it. Try to spend as little time on the ground as possible. The less time spent on the ground, the less time for impact up your body. I use a rhythm with the arms of just with your arms, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and your legs naturally will follow at, follow at that rhythm. So your, your turnover is faster and there's less impact on your body. So there would be a li- few little tips for, for our listeners. And, um, and are you trying to use your arms as less as you can, if you know what I mean? No, because think of your body as a balanced machine with all the individual parts working together as a unit. So people have this idea in their head if they don't use their arms that they're saving energy. In actual fact, then you're asking your legs to do too much work. So we want to have a good a good arm swing. So the range of motion with the arms is the hand comes back as far as the hip, the elbow comes forward. So it's a okay. it's it's that range of motion, but it's snappy. It's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Yeah. And what about where I strike the ground? So is that something I should just live with? 
<laughs> like should, should I be trying to if, if should I be trying to land on, on the top half of my foot all the time and if I have, happen to land on the middle yeah. part of my foot or the back part yeah, of my yeah. foot so, totally so try not to try not to overthink it that's what I would say to you first what? of all Brian. <laughs> <laughs> don't overthink it just and just again simply just feel your feet land underneath your body just keep the feet nice and relaxed I say to people when they're out running shake out your hands and transfer that same feeling of relaxation into your feet. Okay. Don't don't think of, am I landing on my forefoot? Am I landing midfoot? Am I landing on my heel? Don't think of any of those things. All you need to think of is short step underneath the body, keep the foot nice and relaxed and keep that rhythm snappy. The, the mm -hmm. arms will dictate what the legs do. So if we have a snappy arm swing, the leg turnover will be snappy and we'll be spending less time on the ground. So those three things again, short steps underneath the body, relaxed, really relaxed feet and snappy off the ground. Would you still run every day? I I, I run, I kind of back running now, Brian, the way I started. I just run, I go out and I run for that feeling of well-being, that confidence that it gives me that I suppose, youthfulness at this stage as well to run. I love the feeling of the ground underneath me, just nice and easy, nice and relaxed. And the joy is in the journey. Yeah, I do running workshops. I'd have some running classes going and I just enjoy helping people um, because I know how, for some reason, Brian, running is it's just more so than any other sport. We all feel good after a run. We all can cope with what's ahead of us in the day when we when we when we get a run. So I, I just like to help people uh, get the most out of themselves with their technique, but also giving them advice on, on their diet and the psychology of running as well. And not to think of the destination too much. You said you're running Rotterdam Marathon in April. You know, just enjoy the, the process up to that. Sure, it's all I'm thinking about, Katrina. <laughs> yeah, well, I just enjoy it and... You know, for myself, the races that I didn't think too much about were the ones that I did well. The most important advice I can give you here today, Brian, or to the listeners, is that just to enjoy it. Not to put pressure on yourselves. Be relaxed about it. Not to compare yourselves to people. And I think if you do all of those things, you'll get better results. The RTE Running Podcast. Yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation with Katrina McKiernan. And as I said, her website is runwithkatrina.ie. So really worth checking out. And I know a lot of people who've done her workshops and I've really, really benefited from them. People I know who are pretty serious about their running, who read all the books, spend a lot of time on YouTube, um, say hers was one of the best workshops they did. That is about it for this week I thought we'd just go with the one conversation this week I know most weeks we've been having two but I just thought we would let that breed a little bit next week we might get back to having two separate conversations as I said we're going to have a dietitian next week talk about fueling talk about a proper food plan I have been picking up pretty good protein pouches and desserts pretty much after most sessions and after a long run Many of us seem to be just grabbing these protein pouches, taking that as quickly as we can so that we can eat again about two hours later. A lot of people will know the basics of, of a food plan. There's a lot of rice, a lot of pasta, um, a lot of potatoes. Throw in your protein and your smoothies and you're good to go. Talk a lot more about that next week. So there you go. That's about it for this week. Mind yourself on the roads if you're going running. Talk to you soon. The RTE Running Podcast with Brian O'Connell. 